0: On April 23, 2008, National Polygamy Advocate Mark Hagel was interviewed by Diana Miller for Anderson Cooper 360 on CNN. Hi, this is Diana
1: Miller. Please leave a message and I'll call you back. Thanks. Hi, it's Diana. Leave a message and I'll call you back. Thanks. This is Diana Miller. Please leave a message and I'll
0: call you back. Thanks. Good morning. Calling for Diana Miller. This is now my third call to you on your interview request of the TruthBearer.org organization. Uh, Do not seem to be having much success in reaching you. That is unfortunate. I believe that you really want to have this. If you want to uh, try, you certainly may email us back again. And you can call a number 207... but that will not be a long call on that number. Thank you. Bye.
1: Hi, it's Diana. Leave a message and I'll call you back. Thank you. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number,
0: press 5. Hello, I'm looking for Diana Miller. This is Mark Henkel with the TruthBearer.org organization. Uh, this is now my third attempt to try to call you. I'm assuming you really do uh, have a serious interview request here. Uh, You may make a brief call to 207 and maybe we'll schedule a time of the time. Thanks, bye. Hi, this is Diana. This is Diana. Hello Diana, this is Mark Hinker with the truthbearer.org organization. Hi Mark, how are you? I'm doing very well.
1: First let me apologize for missing your earlier calls. I'm glad that we're finally able to chat. Yes. Um, if you uh, don't mind, I mean, I basically just want to talk with you a little bit. Um, as I explained in my email, we're wanting to do the story about Christian polygamy, um, and obviously it's a much lesser-known um, version of polygamy than is on the, going in the media right now um, with the FLDS Church. And from the research I've done, I understand that there's um, pretty much no connection between you all other than the um, plural marriage aspect. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Tell me um, a little bit about um, the history um, of Christian polygamy and how you got involved. A lot of the websites I've read sort of note you as the foremost leader of the movement. Right. So tell
0: me a little bit about your history. Well, uh, we're actually, it's even evolved larger beyond that, Uh, because we are evangelical Christians, uh, it's actually put us at the forefront of the overall polygamy rights movement for consenting adults in general. the media has chosen to try to suggest that all polygamy is Mormon polygamy and therefore intentionally stayed in the dark ages and forgot that the internet exists um, and decided that all polygamy would be found in Utah or, or Arizona and Texas uh, but before the criminals of the FLDS uh, started making news and before Tom Green uh, at the turn of the uh, this decade we've been a growing movement since the 90s uh, so the what isolated sects of Mormon polygamy do is not even part of a movement. If you think about it, you're hiding and you're not trying to, you know, you're trying to be a self-isolated community rather than being a, uh, a, a broad country, a broad-based a, a broad across the entire country movement seeking the right of consenting adults to just have a polygamy marriage uh, for whatever reason. The Christian polygamy was made possible by the Internet, actually, the paradigm of Christianity of evangelical Christians whether it's Baptist to Pentecostal I should suppose I should back up a second how much are you aware of Christian history itself the Reformation Protestantism Catholicism what all that means what if I say Baptist versus Pentecostal do you know what any of that means or is it yeah. just yeah I have a
1: basic knowledge of
0: um, the background of all that yeah okay well the Protestantism, which emerged out of Catholicism, was what's called the Reformation, was based on the sola, was based on the battle cry of sola scriptura. Are you familiar with that phrase? No. It means only scripture. It's it's the Latin word for sola scriptura, only scripture. And it was the basis that uh, Christian doctrine is defined by the Bible, not by the traditions of the Catholic institution. And it's supposed to be only the Bible is the basis. So whether it's a Pentecostal, whether it's a Baptist, uh, the commonality of the evangelical Christians is the sola scriptura uh, Protestantism, that it's based on what the scripture says, not what a man makes it makes it out to be. Gotcha. So whether you're in a Baptist church, you're in a Pentecostal church, the preacher is telling you, don't take even my word for it, read it yourself, study it yourself. So prior to the internet... What would happen is serious students of the Bible would do that, but then they would be the only one in their church, and they would end up getting stomped upon. However, now, because of the Internet, what happens is super students in a church sitting there told to do exactly that, uh, study the real Bible, you come into a massive contradiction that supposedly uh, having more than one wife is adultery, and yet you've got the greatest heroes of the faith had more than one wife, were never condemned for it and never repented of it, and God even blessed them. You know uh, the very man himself who wrote the adam and eve story or wrote genesis two twenty four, the two shall be one flesh and wrote thou shalt not commit adultery was moses and the bible shows moses himself had two lives and certainly a polygamist would know what he may, means when he writes the stories so even though the adam and eve story is written by a polygamist it doesn't mean it's a one man one woman only doctrine so super students in the various churches will seriously study the Bible and come to the realization that anti-polygamy was never invented and came out of the Bible. It was an invention of the Catholic institution a few centuries later. You will never find it there. Prior to the Internet, of course, a super student would be probably... When I say super student, what I mean is somebody who studies it seriously on their own. I don't mean that they're a college student or anything of that nature. They super study it. Sure. That's what I mean by the super student phrase. Okay. that they, they take their pastor's instruction literally and all of a sudden they're realizing that you cannot call uh these you, you can't call uh moses an adulterer or a fornicator because he wasn't he, w- he wasn't committing those he had more than one wife and the bible never condemned him for that and that's also, if the paradigm of Christianity is going from being under the law in the Old Testament, where man couldn't make himself righteous by keeping the law, to being under grace in the New Testament, then how can you take a doctrine that not only was allowed under the Old Testament, but was even regulated? Uh, for example, Exodus 21.10 says, if he takes another wife, her food, her payment, and her duty of marriage shall he not diminish. Or Deuteronomy 21.15 says, outright says, if a man has two wives. So if it was allowed under the the, under the law of the Old Testament, then how can you go be under grace, which frees us from being under the law, and make the doctrine of marriage even more legalistically restrictive in the time of grace than it ever was when under the law? You see the hypocrisy of that? Mm-hmm. So all these contradictions start coming up, then you've got Jesus himself in Matthew 25 describing himself as a polygamous bridegroom coming to marry five of ten wise virgins. So... Uh, Jesus would never describe himself in a sinful story if polygamy was a sin. So clearly, because he's using that story, it can't be considered a sin even under the New Testament. That's, these are some of the various okay, I'm not going to bore you with a, a whole long dissertation because it goes on and on and on about the Bible arguments are so clear. And if you really want to get into the Bible arguments, there's a website called biblicalpolygamy.com. And it addresses every one of those issues, lists out all the polygamists in the Bible, and how God describes himself as a polygamist in Jeremiah 3 and Ezekiel 23, how Jesus did it in Matthew 25, and all the various things. So I will okay. defer you to that instead of spending our time now, because that may not be the focus of your story.
1: Sure. Right. That's, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I that, that raises, I mean, your, all the um, examples um, sort of leads me to my next question, mm-hmm. which is why... Why do churches not then, or at least you know, Protestant churches, mm-hmm. not um, allow or embrace um,
0: Christian polygamy? Well, what it was, is it was an inherited doctrine of the Catholic institution. And the problem is, is that when you bring this, you really have to be mature in understanding this. For example, a, a baby who lacks teeth is unable to chew meat. They need mother's milk. Right? So, if you try to give meat to a baby who doesn't have teeth and has never chewed on meat, they're going to cry and, and they're not capable of handling it. The same thing is true when you bring the, as you, as it were, the meat of truth of the scripturality. What you're saying to somebody, and that is not may not be a, a super student of the Bible, may just you know what you're telling them when when you help them understand the Bible never created anti polygamy doctrine is you're telling them that every great famous preacher they ever knew who said one man, one woman, everything they've ever heard, their grandmother who never missed a week at church, you're telling them that all those people were wrong. And so, because people lack a certain level of self-esteem, it's, it, it creates a, a, an insanity meltdown for them to be able to say, well, how can I suggest that I'm smarter or I've got I've had an understanding more than my grandmother who always went to church? You know, so people compare themselves to all this, and so it becomes... Uh, a, psycholo- a psychological act of choosing insanity in order to maintain one's sanity. Sort of like, are you familiar with the, the, the story called Big Brother, the book? Um, oh. I'm sorry, was Big Brother, uh, 1984 with George Orwell?
2: Yes.
0: Right. And in that story, uh, Winston Smith, the main character, was basically being tortured to the point that for him to basically keep his sanity, he had to commit an act of insanity to say like 2 plus 2 equals 5. So in order to maintain his, his sanity, he had to do an act of insanity. And that's what happens with a lot of people is, is that even though it's so clearly right in front of their eyeballs, the, they can't emotionally cope with the, 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 the real sanity because what it says is that all the people that they had been listening to before that they think are better than they are were, were mistaken. And so it's a great psychological issue. So we have to come with great maturity and great compassion and help them grow to that realization. And it doesn't have to rock their world. It doesn't have to destabilize their, their, their belief. What the consistency of it is, what we share is the fact is we say in the churches, believe all the Bible because it's in the Bible. That's what we're doing, and that's why we say that we are continuing the Reformation. So we were able to organize because of the Internet. The Internet is what changed everything in history. It's not to say that there weren't other, you know, great students around, you know, throughout history realizing this. The problem is, is that if a person is all by themselves, there is this massive political attack that will go upon that person from their church, mm-hmm. and so they're basically, you know, uh, bullied into silence or cast out. Right. So what ends up happening is that now. The, the super student in the Baptist church in one town and the super student in the Pentecostal church in another town and, and so forth well because they, all of them come to that realization now because of the internet they go searching the internet and they discover fellow super students have discovered this as well and so and because we say that we are Protestants and heirs and of the Reformation what we're doing is we are continuing that Reformation saying that doctrine is supposed to be based on the Bible not on the basis of man's invented doctrines, such as the Catholic Institution. And just as uh, you know, Martin Luther and, and, and John Huss and the various martyrs that, uh, and Reformers you know, helped Christianity to overcome some of the doctrines that were invented by the Catholic Institution that, you know, that, uh, that were justified by faith and not by works, the same thing we're bringing is the reality that Sola Scriptura if you say you're going to believe all Scripture then you have to believe all Scripture because that's what the Scripture says now with that in context we look around America and typically we're evangelical conservatives we look around America and we see a horrifying landscape of abandoned single moms and marriage-phobic males and that is the consequence again consistent with conservatism that is the consequence of socialism socialism reduces the incentive for the pursuit of excellence. One man, one woman is marital socialism. It is the equivalent of saying one customer for one company so that each company can have one customer. And so no company then has an incentive to be better to serve more customers.
1: So you're basically saying that the the typical American um, marriage structure is
0: a form of socialism? Government forcing it is a socialism, yes. Okay. The choice of one man, one woman. We're, say, we're saying laissez-faire marital economics. Just because you've got the freedom to marry, excuse me, just because you have the freedom to earn $500 million doesn't mean everybody's capable of doing that. But when you have the pursuit of excellence, then some will, will, will rise to that level. You know, the thing is, is just as we have men with super skills, say, in golf, Tiger Woods has super skills in golf, Right, uh, uh, Michael Jordan has super skills in basketball The same thing is capable for men to have super skills And maturity of caring about women If you have ten men and ten women And nine of those men are jerks Or marriage phobic fools Or players or baby daddies One man, one woman As a government coercion Has oppressed and removed the choices Away from nine of those women They either have to settle for the jerks Or go without So we're saying with laissez faire marital economics, you have the pursuit of excellence, the incentive for excellence. And so those other nine men, those other realize, oh my gosh, we're going to go out if we don't go without, if we don't hurry up and smarten up. And then a few of them will smarten up. That'll, That'll make better husband qualities for those few. And the other ones that don't, well, then they don't. They go without. And all the women have the right choice. So
1: that sort of leads me to my next question, where I already started touching on it, which is um, so why polygamy? Um, and, and what is sort of, um, if there's this sort of, you know, quest for the man who can take care of women better, and I guess your argument is that they are, therefore, um, they should be taking care of more women as opposed to letting in, any man marry any woman.
0: Is that right? No. Well, I, well, first of all, understand, we're still talking about woman's choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Joyce Brothers said back in 1994, um, on Bill Maher's Politically Incorrect, December 22, 1994, I would rather be third in line of a good man than know me wife of a jerk. Mm-hmm. And certainly, a man who's a jerk, not only is he not going to have one wife, he's certainly not going to be able to have two wives or three wives. You know, the the, the man who is not capable of caring about women, not capable of encouraging them to be the best that they want to be and providing an environment for them to do that. Say one woman wants to be a stay-at-home mom. Another one wants to work. Both of them have the choice and can pursue their own individual choices. And the the woman that wants to work knows her children are being raised by someone who loves the children rather than some low-paid stranger at daycare. You know, this gives women choices. And any man who is, you know, intelligent women are not going to put up with a fool. Yeah, and I should, uh, so, so a woman that would choose a polygamous marriage in a regular consenting adult, we're not talking about coercive doctrine like the FLDS and so forth. Okay, we're talking about a free agency, a free choice, in a basis of free choice without a religious compulsion. Because Christian polygamy is not a compulsion, by the way, okay. which I'll get to that. Okay. Just a free consenting adult, this is my better option you know, uh, the abandoned single mom might join an existing family with the husband already a proven good husband, the wife basically comes giving him a reference, saying, Yes, so he is a good man You know, and and they embrace the idea of another woman coming in. The abandoned single mom gets to have a uh, an actual good husband. Her children are raised by a good man are, are in a family now with a good man and and a proven good man and now they can have options to pursue what they want for careers a family, or family or whichever. It's certainly better that than than relegating that abandoned single mom as a hamster in the wheel to either work just to pay for daycare or to go on welfare. It, it, gives women options, and they themselves certainly, along with two women, th- those women are never going to let him get away with being a jerk. It's just not going to happen, because then it's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just not going to happen.
1: Right. More, more accountability that
0: way. <laughs> it's totally, I mean, if you really say it, it gives women power.
1: Uh-huh. Now, you know, it sort of takes a... a um enlightened, I guess, woman to even be open to this, how do you, um, you know, how do men sort of convince their first wives, um, you know, if not by force, then, you know, how do they sort of enlighten them to this um, arrangement? Well,
0: we have a thing. It's good that you said force, because the standard of Christian polygamy is love, not force. Have you seen that yet? Yes, I
1: have.
0: Okay, and you know the website, love, not force.com. Uh-huh, I was on
1: that, yeah.
0: You yeah. haven't found it.
1: No, it was, yes. You have seen it,
0: okay. Yes. That's the standard. And the reason why that's important is because there was a time, and the movement was just beginning in the, early, in the mid-'90s, that a bunch of foolish men rose up and started pounding their chest and say, God told me to have other wives, and if, I, if my wife doesn't like it, too bad. And then we were like, oh, well, you've got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? it's it well, no, not good at all. You know, it's like, uh, you know, if God calls you, guess what? He called the wife, too. Now you ready for that, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I think God's more capable than you are. So if he really did call you, he's capable of, of, of persuading her, too. And, You're not the only one who knows. Right, exactly. It's not your little secret. Exactly. You know, uh, the, 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 the thing is, understand, so we're talking about, from real Christian polygamy, we're talking about men who truly love women and we've seen the devastation of abandoned single moms in our culture we are you know the standard conservative you know cultural concerns that you see on on any standard evangelical christian and, and we see this and we're talking the, the christian marriage model is that of husband loving wives as christ loved the churches christ was not a chest pounder he was not a tyrant he loved so much that he gave himself up. He went to the cross and died for the churches. That's the kind of love we're talking about a husband having for wives. And, and, and caring about women and, and wanting to be the, for the, their best situation. And wanting to encourage them to be what they would want to be. So certainly, love not force is the standard that when a man has this level of love, a wife is confident. A wife is secure in her marriage because marriage... It's not about the sex. Certainly there's a physical bond. But marriage is intimacy on an emotional, psychological, spiritual level. It is I know you and you know me at the core. We understand, you know, it's a a joining of being each other and understanding each other. And so if you've got that kind of a marital bond, there is no way you could suddenly bring in some kind of a situation that suddenly tears that bond apart. And, and causes distrust. So if a husband is trying to force polygamy on a wife, first off, she, she has the reasonable first question about uh, what polygamy is all just about what the man wants. You know, and that's a reasonable question for a wife to ask. Right. And if he tries to force it on her, he's only proven her point. Hello? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, the, but the husband who instead loves her and shows her that he is caring about her, her marriage is secure. She knows she's not at risk. It's not about him. It's about women. It's about, you know, he's letting her, uh, there's a phrase that actually, it's it's ironic. It wasn't anything that anybody taught, but you'll find it very common. And that is, is that a husband has more love to give than the wife can receive. And, I, and it's not like And I'm not meaning In a fleshly way Like it's lustful Or anything of that nature I'm just meaning that uh, A doting kind of love You know <laughs> uh, a, a, a nurturing caring, giving And And it, That when it, When there is that level of love It's, it's that's the kind of man we're talking about and that's why love not force is the standard. So we're talking about a, uh, a, an incentive for men to be super husbands as it were. Are we all capable? No. Are we all going to be? No. But certainly if you have the incentive out there that creates the equilibrium and causes incentive for men to start growing up and start caring about women and, and stop the foolish uh, you know tyranny against women and, 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 and various things and actually building a better option and giving women choices. So uh, when a woman embraces polygamy, she's a, as a first wife. She is wholly confident and secure in her marriage with her husband in the first place. Mm-hmm. And if she's not, then then polygamy is going to cause problems. You know, and, and, and it's and it's not a valid thing. And and you will really, at that point you have to work on the intimacy, the mm-hmm. emotional, psychological intimacy. At that point, needs to be bonded because that's mari- That's what marriage is, and. Just as a husband is capable, uh, a father is capable of loving more than one child. Certainly, he's capable of loving more than one wife. Now, I say that, but that doesn't mean that I somehow think women are children. I don't. I'm not. I'm not suggesting there's a comparison from of maturity levels. Certainly, there's a whole different set of dynamics with adult women than there is with one's own children. Sure. But you would never say that a person is only capable of loving one child. Right.
1: Now, um, so. It- would you say that polygamy um, and the act of a plural marriage enhances your faith? Um, I understand that you're sort of saying that it's not a it's not a doctrine, um, but it's but it's allowed by the Bible. How does that play into your faith?
0: Okay, we would pr- we would refer to uh, biblically uh, again being full scriptural and everything having a biblical basis. First Corinthians seven seventeen, and that is, is that. Uh, as God has distributed to everyone, so let him walk in Torah day and I in all churches. Yet no wife, one wife, or more than more than one wife. It would only be as God would call, and certainly all would be called. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, you know that uh, that the wife would embrace this as well. That, and it's not it's not a compulsion. Meaning there is no salvation on the basis of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just that the. Anti-polygamy doctrine doesn't have a biblical basis. It's not correct. You're, the 12 tribes of Israel were born of four wives. So that's why technically we say anti-polygamy is anti-Israel. Okay, and Abraham had three wives. David had eight named known wives. And in Second Samuel twelve eight, 8, God himself even said to David, I have given you all your wives, and if you had wanted more, I would have given you more. God himself said that to David. So we're, we're saying that The Bible never created that And since the call for Christian marriage Is that of husbands loving the wives As Christ loves the churches Then we're calling for men to grow up That's really If there's any, any compulsion as it were It's a call for men to start growing up Instead of What we now have Is a consequence of marital socialism The one man, one woman You can hear Karl Marx One for each so that each might have one Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and what you've done is you've dumbed down males. Okay. Now, that's not to say that you wouldn't end up eventually with equilibrium, and, you know, a a handful of people might end up marrying two wives, three wives, possibly, but it doesn't mean suddenly, all of a sudden, you know, you decriminalize polygamy because we're not after legalization. It doesn't mean suddenly you decriminalize it, and all women across America are suddenly going to be hoarded by a few polygamous men. That's just not going to happen. That's just ridiculous. And certainly, America is not going to follow the example of a communistic cult either. Sure. You know, you know. So you can't use the FLDF. And I say communist because a secluded, a secluded sect that's living under the authoritarian of a uh, authoritarianism of a single leadership to, doing its planning—that's communism. Right. That's a, it's a, it's a miniature version of communism. And and again, we're coming from you know typical uh, conservative evangelical Christianity. We're not for communism, we're not for welfare fraud, we're not for any of this. We're we're for standard laissez-faire, you know, limited government, uh, conservatism. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's why ultimately we say that uh, the polygamy rights solution is actually the win-win solution to finally ending the marriage debate for all sides, that both sides can get a win out of our solution. Because there's no special rights for homosexuals, no special rights for polygamists, and no special rights for those who choose one man, one woman.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, it sounds, I mean, if if this was decriminalized and, you know, people could, um, practice polygamy without fear of, um, you know, persecution,
0: Right. would,
1: um, there are obviously, you know, concerns that some men um, would abuse this. How, when you're, you know, guiding people and giving them advice, how do you sort of guard against um, men who say, you know, oh, I just want multiple wives and I'm not necessarily going to treat them well. I mean, it's a, it sounds like, you know, it's a pretty big task to take on, to have more than one wife. It is. Um, and to, truly, truly care for them. So how do you guard against sort of the abuse of
0: this? Well, I think that first of all, you have to respect women. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, short of indoctrination in uh, isolated sex and pulp, uh, women across America are going to be too smart to put up with stupidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abuse—that's not to say that abuse doesn't happen. Abuse happens with monogamists. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a for us. I would say uh, we have an N word that that actually is very inflammatory for us. Uh, you, when I, you know, I say when I say N word is as N word for African Americans. Uh, for polygamists, the word for us is escape from polygamy. Nobody in the history of the universe has ever escaped from polygamy. They've escaped from a cult. They've escaped from abuse. But they've never escaped from polygamy any more than you would say that the woman of a horrifyingly abusive, monogamous wife-beater escaped monogamy. She didn't escape monogamy. She escaped abuse. news. Right. Or escape the cult. You, nobody has ever escaped from polygamy. Ever. They escaped from abuse. And certainly laws can be deal with, can, can address abuse. Laws can uh, deal with where people are hurt. Because that's government's purpose is, is, and function, is the protection of individual rights. The right of consenting adults to assemble and contract with each other, government has no authority to be interfering with. You know, so it, it, it's not just a First Amendment freedom of religion issue for polygamy, but it's also a First Amendment freedom of assembly. You know, if three adults want to contract with each other, whose government to say anything about it? Sure. You know, that ultimately. I mean, that's a freedom of assembly issue of the First Amendment. Right. Uh, so issues of abuse, those can be dealt with in law. Issues of underage, those can be dealt with in law, as they are with an argument. is mm-hmm. not the issue. The problem is, and this is what uh, the problem has been with the media, in reporting on the FLDS as that you've been lying. You have been telling America that polygamy equals child abuse. Right. And this is why, actually, why, you know, it, it, and I would encourage CNN, and, and I've made myself available, are you aware that I'm, I'm known as the national polygamy advocate?
1: I've, I've read that, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in you know, many media outlets on that basis. Yeah, and frankly, it is actually not accurate journalism even, even in your network, CNN To be reporting on the SLDs And not have me on Saying how we oppose the SLDs And oppose underage marriage Because it's like Reporting on the Catholic uh, Priest abuse scandal And saying all Catholics Are defined by the, the priest abusers mm-hmm. Or saying all dieters Are, def- are going to starve their children Because of an anorexic t- example you know, In all those cases You would let a national organization Come on and I- express its views You haven't let us do that yet mm-hmm. In this case we certainly
1: hope to do that with this story, um, and uh, um, you know, would would absolutely want to set up an interview with you. Right. Um, and you know, we can talk about that certainly in a second. But um, just a few more questions. Sure. Um, where do, if you say the internet really helped this um, take off, is that sort of also the, the common ground for people to find? I, I, I'm i guessing that people don't sort of run into, you know, a potential second or third wife in the grocery store. How do, how do these relationships sort of form? Okay.
0: Well, there's kind of two questions you've got there, um, which take me in different paths, one being the internet um, and one being uh, relationships formed. While there are... Um, for example, a, a polygamy personal site called twolives.com uh, that uh, has polygamists from all forms uh, Christian, secular, Mormon, Muslim uh, And that's really the thing that journalism also needs to understand is, is that you would never say uh, define a day without its adjective A sunny day is not a rainy day and you need your adjectives and the same thing with polygamists You need to say Mormon polygamy Christian polygamy, secular polygamy yeah. Or the general national polygamy rights movement Um... But uh, to only refer to Mormon polygamists And as polygamists without the Mormon in front of it is, uh, is actually an inaccurate statement And even though mainstream Mormons You know, constantly like to say Oh, they're not Mormons The fact is is that they use the Book of Mormon As the basis of their belief It's then Mormon-based polygamy So it's Mormon polygamy mm-hmm. You know, so even if the mainstream Mormons Don't like them calling a Mormon If it's based on the doctrines of Mormonism then it's Mormon polygamy. And reality is polygamy is older than the 200-year-old religion of Mormonism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. It's not fair for
1: them to sort of <laughs> have the term all-encompassing.
0: It's <laughs> ironic that you say that because that's the thing I've been repeatedly saying is that the, we call it the Mormonland bubble. It's, it's like xenophobic. The whole area of like Arizona, Utah is mostly Mormon. Right? The, 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 the population. So it's, it's, we call it a Mormon man bubble. So the Mormon media, it's they're, they're, in a, they're in such a contradiction. It's like they want to own the definition of polygamy while simultaneously saying they reject it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like nobody else is polygamous except Mormons, but they want to say you can't be a Mormon and be a polygamist. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, you know, they make up your mind, Mormon man. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Joe Sixpack out here on the East Coast, you know, and that's where we've come uh, and, and why we've been able to come to the forefront of the, uh, the overall movement, the, the cr- a movement is born when the usable, duplicatable argument, argumentations, are laid down and then passed on, uh, I guess you'd say like a multi-level marketing plan. <laughs> okay. Are you familiar with what that means? You, know, you tell two friends and they tell few friends and so forth and so on. You know what I mean? Um sure. sure. uh, As duplicatable. Here's how, and you would ask how I ended up coming up to the front here. In 1994, I started a newspaper up here in Maine called The Standard Bearer, and in it I started laying down, in it, it would have a tract, it was still it was conservative news, but I would also have a, a biblical tract, and in that I was laying down those arguments uh, uh, that showed that polygamy is in the Bible. Eventually, that came to a brand new thing that emerged. You know what that new thing is? It's called the Internet. Mm. And that the Internet emerged. And by 1997, we were online. Uh, as uh, on, at those, In those early days, it was typical for businesses to have their website as a subdirectory of, like, their web host or whatever. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Before domain names becomes a thing. Right. Um, and so... Basically, the standbury ended up with its website and a section of it was TruthBearer was created on that, and then by 1998, TruthBearer.org, we actually got its own domain and it went forward that way. Uh, then the whole force, and you've read about Love Not Force, that whole thing emer- emerged. What, once it started exploding on the internet, suddenly some uh, you know, jerks started to see if they were going to try to take over the movement, and, it, and we came out with Love Not Force and totally put the kibosh on that. Uh, and that's when we really really grew because real Christians said this is what it's really about This is what we are as real Christians because we really care about people We're not about being tyrants and so t- real Christians could really latch onto this Once less, Not Forced totally put the kibosh on the forced polygamous sure. and, and more or less basically said you know what you're not a part of us you're nobody so, And not only that you're going to lose your lives anyway so it doesn't matter <laughs> Because you don't understand marriage not the option. Exactly. You know, I mean, you force it on a wife, I mean, it, it, it's going to be 99 times out of 10, out of 100. Yeah, 9 out of 10. 99 times out of 100, you're going to lose your wife because you're being a fool and you should. You know, you should lose her. So, once that did, then we started getting media attention. By the turn of the decade, then there was the, then our organization really grew at that point, and and that's our, we started getting media attention. Then there was the Tom Green, and I was in all over the media for interviews on that, coming against Tom Green and his whole underage garbage. Um, and, and the thing is, to understand that was so absolutely maddening for us is here we are at the national level, giving media. I'm giving media interviews, and totally coming against the whole underage thing and saying don't do it don't do it, stop it, stop it and this is exactly the same years at which now the current FLDS was doing what they're now being held accountable for they were, start, they were handing you know, assigning girls to, to men and all this other foolishness oh, and, and it was already out there so that, that's basically how we ended up organizing the The thing is, too, is is that that changed everything when it came to the idea of polygamy rights. And this is why, because we're Christians, we can answer the arguments that nobody else can. If a Mormon tries to make the case for polygamy, Joe Sixpack on the East Coast, his eyes are going to roll in the back of his head. Now, that's just a Mormon. He's not going to pay attention. If it's just, oh, it's just a Muslim. Oh, it's just a liberal. Oh, it's just... Because everybody, even if they're not a Christian, they know if they even suggested that idea of polygamy, somebody somewhere they know is a Christian who's going to come all over the one flash verse or, or come on with Adam and Eve story, they're going to be nailed. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we are conservative Christians. Mm-hmm. And we are able to show one that it's conservatism limited government, government is not supposed to be defining uh, marriage, you know, as conservatives we always say 10th Amendment, 10th Amendment 10th Amendment, right? If it's not in the Constitution, government doesn't have authority that's what con- conservatives always say well guess what, marriage isn't in the Constitution, government doesn't have authority to be defining marriage, and as Christians, can you imagine, this? marriage is so important that, I put it at this level, can you imagine a big government License and control gospel amendment? Right. Or, or license and control baptism amendment? Or license and control Lord's table amendment? God forbid. So why would you have a big government license and control marriage amendment? That's totally unconservative. That's totally big government. In fact, we likened it to marriage control. Any only argument used uh, to support marriage control is the same arguments that conservatives usually oppose in the arguments of gun control. Right. They're using the same argument, right. you know. So, so what we what we're doing is we we're, sh- we're using a consistency principle. We're we're showing the consistency to our fellow Christians that if you say you're sola scriptura and you believe all the Bible, then sola scriptura consistency requires you to realize the Bible never created the one man one woman doctrine. One, two. If you say you are a conservative and believe in limited government, government doesn't have authority to be defining marriage in the first place and the real way if you as conservatives and while homosexuals might not like this argument if they're really smart they'll understand the genius behind it that anti-polygamy is the real slippery slope that led to same-sex marriage we can persuade conservatives by showing them that if government had never gotten in the business of defining marriage by excluding polygamy if government wasn't defining marriage in the first place, homosexuals would never have had an incentive to be pursuing that legal invented construct in the first place. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to stop same-sex marriage, stop having government define it any way at all. Mm-hmm. And everybody can do what they want as consenting adults, and marriage is never redefined by anybody. Yeah, so, right. so homosexuals can still get their, get their win out of it because they can still choose to be as consenting adults as they choose to be and the same thing uh for conservatives get, get to get a win out of it by being uh true limited government conservatives that they say they are and christians get the uh the consistency of uh, accepting what the bible is uh actually says which is what we say we believe so it allows us to be consistent so we're using a consistency principle for all those constituencies so that everybody can embrace it mm-hmm. and so because of that that's why secular polygonists Jewish polygamists, Muslim polygamists, and yes, even Mormon polygamists have understood why having Christian polygamy at the forefront of the national polygamy rights movement is what can succeed, because we can make the argument that they can't, because they lack the credibility, because I, the audience will just roll their eyes and say, well, that's just that, that's just that. Right. You understand what I mean by that? Absolutely.
1: Um, so, are you, um, what's sort of the next step? Um, you've got your website and you're the national advocate. Are you looking to have churches formed that would um, embrace this and understand, you know, or are you going to, you know, do you want the government to be the first to recognize? What's sort of the next step for the Christian polygamy movement? Well,
0: what we're doing is that in order for any, we're to after to decriminalization not legalization. Because once you go down the path of legalization, you're authorizing government to define it one way or the other. Now, for example, a lot of times people will try to use a, a gotcha question. they okay, so you're for polygamy. Well, what about a woman having multiple husbands? Well, now, biblically, that's not supportable okay. from, a, from a biblical standpoint. But as a limited government conservative... Saying government doesn't have the authority To define marriage one way or the other It doesn't matter what I believe biblically
2: Mm -hmm.
0: You see what I'm saying So there's my consistency because right. it's no special rights for homosexuals, no special rights for polygamists, no special rights for polyandrists, and no special rights for those who choose one man, one woman. I love saying that last line. <laughs> because usually it's those who want one man, one woman who are saying no special rights for homosexuals, but the fact is they're asking for special rights for one man, one woman. Right,
1: right. And, <laughs> and, and, no, and, and, and so have you gotten any sort of, um, you know, Support from um, more of the mainstream church, or um, you know, what's your hope that this will be
0: sort of embraced? Well, what we what we're doing is we are anti polygamy thinking in society. We call it the house of cards strategy. Okay. That anti polygamy thinking in America is held up as a house of cards, and Every floor of the House of Cards is a different political constituency. And what happens when you knock out the first floor of a House of Cards? Exactly. Well, the first floor of the House of Cards are our own evangelical conservative Christians. As we help them understand, one, that it's biblical, and two marital socialism of enforced one man one woman has created our society of abandoning a mom and marriage phobic males. I mean, this is a tragic society that, that men are afraid of marriage. Mm. Men are afraid of marriage, and yet we criminalize the man who would grow up and want to actually marry more than one wife. That makes sense. <laughs> right. That just makes no sense. I mean, it's okay for Hugh Hefner to have three living girlfriends, but let him actually marry three girls you had to and he's a criminal, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> you no, know, not. Uh, so we show them that it is a consistency of our values. Mm-hmm. We're not bringing new contradiction. We, you, you will never persuade a conservative using liberal arguments. Right. You persuade a conservative with conservative arguments, and that's what we're doing, and that's why we're growing. So, we are helping them, one, understand that anti-polygamy is not biblical, and if you're going to say, you know, one man, one, you're going to say that you're solo scriptura, then you can't believe in one man, one woman. Two, not one person in the Bible, I love this, not a single person, not even Adam and Eve, nobody in the Bible was ever married by government.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's a Frankenstein monster. That never happened. It's a modern invention. (laughs) <laughs> so you say you want to be Bible-based To having marriage Well then get government out of it right. you know? right. So we're helping them Stay consistent to their own principles and, and when a person knows They can stay consistent They can accept arguments right. And so that's what we're doing And so as we help them understand One, that it's biblical And two, it's true conservatism With laissez-faire economics It's called laissez-faire marriage economics You know, that let the laissez-faire market occur And men will grow up and the men who don't, well, they go without, go, mm-hmm. you know, and as they should. And that gives women options. That gives women choices. You know, I mean, uh, all the good men are taken should no longer apply. Right. right, <laughs> right. You know, that and that certainly. Would change
1: a lot of the relationship books and Borders. <laughs> I'm sorry what? I thought that would change a lot of the relationship section at Borders.
0: <laughs> I love Borders too. Live with multiple wives,
1: or is this just something that you support?
0: Well. The problem with laws in America, and it, it goes to the law in every single state. Mm-hmm. Every state has different forms of laws uh, when it comes to the bigamy law. Mm-hmm. And, for example, in the state of Maine, and it's in other, some other states have the same law as well. And it's written in such a way, it's actually, people would be appalled, it's anti free speech. Mm-hmm. Because not only does it say that uh, a person who is married. Who marries another Or purports to marry Another Knowing he is legally not allowed to do so Is guilty of bigamy So it's okay for me To legally be a married man With girlfriends And calling them girlfriends But the very moment I cross the line in free speech And identify one as a wife I've broken the law I'm a criminal that's just an issue of, that's anti-free speech. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's crazy that label. <laughs> you know so because of because of the issues of law one and two because i am now so way out there my my picture my name my everything else is, out, is way out there i really have to protect my family especially from the lunatics sure. uh so i cannot answer the question about my family but i am very 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 happily married uh and uh, very much uh love my force i mean i am um, uh, I, I I could. It's funny that most of the uh, the feminist journalists that I deal with uh, end up calling me a feminist by the time we're done. <laughs> 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 because, I mean, there's just such a tragedy of the way women are treated and, and and left with little options.
1: Sure. No. And and um, that's what you know. Sort of going back to the earlier question about where do people um, you know, find um, you know,
0: do is, are there sites. Two that's eyes. the other question that was right but I said there was two questions and I went into the movement and how I came to be this position but I didn't answer the question of the uh, relationship developed well typically aside from uh, two eyes dot com is the uh, the only real valid site that's really got any credibility out there uh, for safety sake as well um, for uh, for polygamy personals the uh, generally speaking the way a lot of the families have happened uh that does seem to be a much more common experience will be typically it is that of uh, although not all the cases I mean but but, but i just give you one anecdote because again never it's not monolithic the way people form their relationships is never monolithically defined sure. you understand that Sure. Uh, will be a, a case where an abandoned single mom uh, may be uh, you know looking for a support network so she goes to church um and she may befriend a, a married family, and, you know, the, the Christian charity that Christians have, you know, they, they befriend her, and they only develop a relationship or whatever. Um, and just the, the you know, being there as a, as a... The children have no male model in their life. You know, the the, the father, the, the husband of the uh, original couple is, uh, you know, being positive and helpful there, and, and, and the relationship just emerges. Mm-hmm. And they... Uh, you know, then all of a sudden they start questioning themselves because, you know, they've been indoctrinated with, uh, uh, you know, the one man, one woman, and all that. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, they, in a Bible study, they run across David having multiple wives, and Moses they say, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> you know I go, that might trigger that. Uh, and then, of course, and that also could be something that, you know, they would find out, and then they would, get, they would discover the, full, the total biblical support. And then uh, the wife uh, would say, you know what, this would actually make sense for us. You know, there's actually one family, uh, for example, where the abandoned single mom was uh, actually was, had even been raped by her ex-husband. Uh, he was just a very violent kind of man and uh, cast her off. And uh, she you know, had already been friends with the, uh, another Christian family at church, uh, and they were very much involved in their church. And it was just a, a regular mainstream uh, evangelical Christian denomination. Uh, and that's the thing to understand We're not creating a new denomination uh, We're independence throughout all the various churches uh, And bringing it to the churches where we can the, And in that their case you know, and Neither the family nor she Were really in all that great of an economic situation Personally uh, they, they eventually came together Through what I was describing earlier uh, Became a family And at that point One chose to stay home and watch the children While one actually went to school she got her education, and when she was finished, she went and, and got a much better, high-paying job. And then the uh, husband uh, had become an entrepreneur and was able to stay home with the children, and the other one went to school. And she got she was finished, she a sure education. Now, they both got greater, higher-paying jobs that neither, neither of them would have ever have been able to afford on their own or to have done. And so it actually created an opportunity for everyone all around to totally improve their economic situation, all working together as a family, and they're making vastly more income than they ever would have made uh, in their own separate, uh, separated situations. And certainly, the best single mom having uh, uh, no no will support at all. You know, so this was totally a a. a, a driving situation for the family, for the children that a, had a positive role model for a father, um, you know, who was very much dedicated to them and caring for them as well, um, and the women were able to become much better educated. You know, this whole illusion that, you know, the polygamists are trying to, you know, have women go on welfare and all that is just, it's just so backwards. You know, maybe some people in a breakaway sect uh, in where authoritarianism takes place, you know, might have done something like that. But again, you you can't, you wouldn't define all Catholics by the the priest abuse scandal. Mm -hmm. You know, and the same thing for polygamists. Right,
1: right. Now, um, if it's, uh, it seems like a lot of this is sort of an organic thing where there's a woman in need. Do you um, also support people who feel that they, you know, sort of instigate the plural marriage first without finding somebody? Is that, you know, is that common? What do you mean? Whereas, um, you know, a man might feel that he wants to be, you know, in a plural marriage and um, has, you know, one wife um, but doesn't necessarily know where to find a second wife but feels he's capable, you know, is, is that kind of also where they'll actually go?
0: That, that, that can happen. Um, certainly, I mean, you know, human nature is not monolithic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly, you know, that's, that's something that could happen as well. Uh, but that's where love not force really comes into play. You know, it, it more or less, you know, uh, puts, a, puts a hammer on his head and said, okay, if this is what you're thinking, you know, then what you really need is you need to, to be talking with your wife, mm-hmm. you know, and, and developing that relationship and strengthening her. Because really, for it to really work, he's got to come in, if you will, quote unquote, recommended by her. Right. <laughs> you know? Because they've got to be able to interact. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's. Marriage is such an intimate relationship on an emotional level. You know, and this is where most men don't get it. And this is why men are afraid of marriage. They don't get the emotional intimacy concept of marriage.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, I mean that there's all your books and borders right there. (laughs) Men not getting the intimacy emotionalism.
1: Well, um, tell me, um, if, uh, are you able to tell me at least how many um, wives or girlfriends you
0: have? Or um I have to stay away from my family. Okay. I, 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 because I am so public and is so much at risk. You know, and especially given the fact that so much of the media has done, uh, basically brainwashed America into thinking polygamy equals child abuse. Uh-huh. Um, that it, it's just downright dangerous for our families to be exposed. Um, it really, it, Right now, more so than ever, you know, I, I know the media uh, likes to think, oh, it's just news, but you know, you guys as a media uh, like to believe that adver- you sell advertising and like to persuade your advertisers that as long as they keep pushing their concept, they'll be able to brand themselves while you're branding the definition of polygamy as if it was uh, child abuse, and this is why it's actually important You know that. uh, Granted, this is just you know just one show I'm doing with you, but all all your shows on CNN, I I I should certainly be on all of them. Just you know, getting that message out that all polygamists are not defined by the FLDS. I mean, we've opposed them from the beginning Mm -hmm. because of the underage issues.
1: Yeah. No, that's
0: a that's a very important
1: point. Um, and and are you? What's your background um, before you did the Standard
0: Bearer? Are you a pastor, or um, were you a pastor? Or? I've been a pastor, yes.
1: Okay,
0: uh, but my my obligations to uh, the movement and the organization, I had to uh, stop. Um, it just I did too many responsibilities basically what that amount. You know, I have nationwide responsibility at that one. <laughs> right. yeah. And and
1: especially if it's
0: you know, I I saw the list of all the media you've done. Yeah. Obviously uh, it was a busy job. Yeah, well and not just a sample. Um, it, it, it it is a lot of work for sure. Yeah. The um, and it's a lot of patient work too. The um, where were we there was a um,
1: talking about the um uh, the, the main point about needing to define your polygamists,
0: the- right, 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 for the media to understand that we are not about abuse, and and, and if, if anything, not only really is this now a story about polygamy, but it, there's a story in this about condemning the, the media
2: uh-huh.
0: of its false journalism Right. you know, is that uh, I can't even see them coming out with uh, finding some um, Mormon polygamists who, as a matter of the kindredness of Mormon polygamy being exploited as supposedly, because they're pro-FLDF then that means they're the pro-polygamy view. They're not the national. You know, the thing that is, America is not defined by the Mormon land bubble. And just because somebody left the Mormon land bubble and created an extra little ranch out in Texas, doesn't mean that's what, you know, uh, normal people across America are doing. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and some people come together, either just, you know, like I said, the there's as, as Christian playlist, there's secular political, they just basically develop a relationship, and, you know, that's the way they want to be, you know, it's just three adults or four adults decide this is what they want to do, you know, the, a man with two women or something. Right. It's, it's, human nature is not monolithic, and certainly there is no legitimacy in uh, government, controlling the contractual arrangements of consenting adults. Right. Now, you cannot define what consenting adults do by child abusers. Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. It's intellectually fallacious. Right. It, and, and, and actually, I mean, it's irresponsible journalism. It's Oh, that's where I was going. That's you know, that itself could become a story that uh, some, some smart media person is going to jump on. This is how the media has been misreporting this story. Right. So, you know, that, that itself is a story. The story not told. <laughs> right.
1: No, absolutely. And, and um, I think part of it is, um, you know, people don't even know to ask the question because they don't, I think so
0: many people aren't aware of,
1: you know, the fact that other types of polygamy are out there. Well, you
0: know what really surprises me most of all? It's like many of the media are still in the dark ages. They don't even know the internet exists. Because if you go on the internet, you will not find an FLDS website. In fact, you probably won't find more than two, maybe three, Mormon polygamist websites. You won't find any of the sects. None of the sects have a website. None of them. None of them are out recruiting. None of them are out trying to persuade the public marketplace. You know, you go you, you do a little bit of search, and that's why immediately you'll always find us. You'll always find our organization because we're the national leading uh, organization. You will find us, and you'll find all the activity that we've done. You know, um, nobody, you know, you talked about my media resume. Nobody, you'll not find anybody with my media resume mm-hmm. uh, on, the, on, on promoting our cause. Um, you know, and... Even though I am the founder of the Christian polygamy organization, org, it is because of that that it has enabled me to be the overall national polygamy rights movement uh, for consenting adults, the, the national polygamy advocate in general. Because I make the arguments that, say, a secular polygamist would, wouldn't would be able to make, or a or Muslim, or, or anybody else, of any other form of polygamy. Right, right.
1: Now, um, in order to do an interview... Yeah doing this as part of a, um, a piece, so okay. it wouldn't be a live interview, um, Randy Kaye is the correspondent on this, okay. um, and would we be able to come up and interview you and in Maine so we could do a sit down, two, you know, you and her um, together interview?
0: We could eventually do something like that. Okay. Right now, I am declining taped interviews. I want to do live.
1: Oh, really? Yes,
0: because at this point, because tomorrow we are three weeks into this story, and uh, CNN has not once reported this fact of the story. Uh, and so, therefore, we've got a, a trust issue right now uh, with, uh, with much of the media. I mean, some of the is reporting of us, but when uh, you know, what we need to do is we need to build trust. And a, and a taped interview, and I've, I've done taped interviews, and I've got a, a big one coming uh, that's already been out of production uh, that's coming uh, soon. And, you know, I I don't have a problem in the long term of doing taped interviews. It is because of the current news cycle and the fact that we are approaching three weeks without having ever been on CNN for this that right now it needs to be live interviews. And our families need to see these live interviews so that they can see that we're being treated Truthfully, it's an issue of being treated truthfully because we've not been treated truthfully yet because we've not even been uh, reported about, we've not been mentioned. You know, and so the problem is, is that it has created the false implication to America that polygamy equals child abuse, and taped interviews are dangerous because they empower uh, the ability to cut and paste things in the wrong context. And so that's why a taped interview right now and Tim Trust has been developed is uh is something we're not doing
1: um no i mean we would of course um you know this is just sort of the structure of the way that we you know do our pieces and you know so um in order to do the piece and we would need to have you know your voice in you know it sort of isn't really a piece without having you as the expert
0: in it well absolutely and and there's no doubt if you have to do a piece without me you don't have the story right um that's, that's true. I, I know, but I'm thinking, for, here's an example. Two years ago, uh, it was on your show, uh, Anderson Cooper had um, a guy, an attorney named Brian Barnard on. And he was an attorney for a case of basically uh, two Mormon polygamists and a girlfriend trying to legalize polygamy by forcing the state to give them a marriage license. And Anderson Cooper had him on. Right, that was just as the big love affair with Big love was coming on two years ago, and had him on with my soundbite. And my soundbite is this. And this is the famous soundbite you may have heard it. Polygamy rights is the next civil rights battle. You've probably heard that. That's me. I am the one who came up with that and originated it and put that out into the marketplace. But instead of having the national polygamy advocate on. Brian Barnard, of a, an attorney for a single case, was brought on live. He didn't have to be taped. He, you know, you, you didn't have to go through any process. He was able to come on live and tell his story. You know, and when a, and, and, and that's fine if a if a homosexual civil rights. Attorney wants to take on cases over, but he's not the voice of the polygamy rights movement, but he's, but he's the one brought on live using my soundbite that Anderson Cooper put into his mouth, and then, or, or the Anderson Cooper show put into his mouth, and didn't even have me on and to actually represent what the polygamy rights movement is about. And that's the problem, is that he was an attorney pushing legalization, and actually the polygamy rights is about decriminalization, getting government out of it altogether, not trying to force government licenses. Right. You see what I mean? So the the problem, what I'm saying is, is that I know that it is fully possible for a talking head live interview uh, to be done. And I know that it would certainly... Uh, begin the process of establishing trust with our families. That eventually, uh, with time, our families may even be willing to uh, uh, perform what we call me- uh, Circus Act requests. Circus Act is basically when the media says, Well, we want to put a family on TV. You know, basically, you're asking for a circus act, you know, so that the audience can go ooh and ah. <laughs> Interesting analogy So we, we get them all the time. You know that people aren't interested in letting us. We what we need. We need talking head arguments, and people understand the rhetoric, so that people can hear it, not just simply go ooh and ah, seeing a family. Because the ooh and ah never persuades people. The argumentation does. And uh, talking heads from every other topic in the news is always allowed to have. We have the same thing, and that's what we need to have, and that's what we so want. I,
1: complete, I completely understand, but as as yeah. um, you know, from your
0: perspective, it's a it's obviously
1: a topic you're very familiar with. For our viewers, it's not. And so, you know, when we broach these new topics and and Randy and I pitched the story, you know, we really need to be able to... We always start these things you know with a piece to introduce the topic and you know not just launch it to an interview because you know how quick TV is and oftentimes an interview spend so much time setting up that it doesn't even make sense um, so you know I'm afraid that if we don't aren't able to interview you for our piece then we won't ever get to the live interview part because there's not going to be any basis of um, knowledge there so you know and, and I would also offer to you you know if you would agree to do an interview for our piece we've also got um, a very active website which we we would um, love for you to write a blog and contribute to that, you know, which, of course, you know, you would. we wouldn't edit. You would be able to, you know, explain your points there as well. In fact, we have a million people who look at it every day. So, you know, that's also another avenue to making sure that we don't edit you down too much, um, you know, so you feel like, you're, like your arguments aren't being made. Um, but, you know, if we go back to you know our executive producer and sort of uh, put this out there, without having the national advocate in the piece, it's really not going to be a piece at all. Well,
0: no, it, you're right, it wouldn't be. Right. Uh, that's what I'm saying, is, is that there is no reason why this project can't go forward, okay? What I am saying is, is that we need to address the hurdle of, the cart before the, of not having the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know we can get there. Uh, from the sound of our conversation, I have gathered from you that uh, it is possible that we could overcome these hurdles. Okay. Um, the, my point being is, is that it does not have to necessarily be a project before, uh, you know, you guys will be reporting on this story not just you personally, but all day long, you guys will be reporting on the FLDS story. You'll be reporting on it all day tomorrow. You'll be doing. I mean, this story's not going away, clearly. And there is uh, no reason why you couldn't utilize the resource that I'm here for, to offer for you guys as a live situation for any of those particular stories as they're ongoing, to comment on them. It doesn't require that I have to only give a tape is what i'm saying so as those go forward and as that happens i mean that can be that can be done soon that that opened up avenues of okay this was treated fairly this was treated fairly okay you know what let's let's we, we've got it we've overcome the hurdles we understand that you know you're going to handle us right in, the, in a taped interview situation and, and we can build a bigger project
1: okay you know what i'm
0: saying i mean i know we can do this do you do you see the what I'm saying that? I, I do, I do. Yeah.
1: It's, it's just that you know we've got, um, for instance, you know we ha- we're not doing anything on the story. We haven't done anything on it this week at all. Um, we're so you know heavy in politics these days. Right. And, well, yeah, with the whole uh, Pennsylvania thing, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So um, to come back to this, mm-hmm. in, and for us to pitch it to our you know executives so it actually gets on the air. Yeah. Um, you know the. News now is still remains with you know, the DNA testing, the FLDS church and all this. there are so many different ways we could go with the story. So you know, in order to do in order to do a real interview and really get at this topic, um, I don't know if they're going to agree to doing you know, a live interview before we even get into the taped piece um, or you know even in shoot the taped piece because it seems a little bit, um, you know, of a divergence from the news that's going on now with all the gathering of the DNA and, you know, the legal aspect of the FLDS El Dorado situation. So
0: well, uh, what I don't this is what, what I don't understand or I don't, uh, I don't say I don't agree, because I mean, I'm not trying to be con- you know, uh, contradictory or anything like that, um, that in any story that you're reporting about that, whether it's you, whether it's any of the other shows, whether it's your news shows, there is always every single story has the opportunity for a brief. We have the national polygamy expressing that you know what we're seeing here. That, you know that uh, this is what not what the national polygamy rights movement for consenting adults uh, you know supports. Every single one of those has an opportunity for that without having to have the big build up. Of
1: our story. Well, no, I, 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 well, this, this is why we, you know, came to want to do the
0: story in the front. Right, 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 right. For that
1: exact reason. Right. Um, so, you know, we're just sort of, we, from our perspective, always in a constant battle of how to form these things so that they work into the show. Sure. It on the air sure. So, um, that's why, you know, we approach them as a piece. We, we are able to give the facts, the, you know, statistics, which brings me, um, I want to, be sure to get, before we get off the phone, Sure, your sure. estimate on the number of um, Christian polygamists um, in the U.S.
0: before I forget to ask you that. We see say as, we, we as less than 50,000. Less than 50,000? Less than 50,000, right.
1: Okay. Um, so, you know, we have to pitch this in a way that's more than just, um, let's also, you know, of course we want to show every um, side of this, but we're so careful about not wanting to portray the FLDS church as, you know, mainstream, that if... We didn't set up the fact that there are other, you know, polygamous mixed organizations out there. Polygamy is a lot older than the Mormon Church, blah, blah, blah. It might seem a little bit, you know,
0: confusing but to our people. All we need to do is say, this is Mark Hinkle. He is the National Polygamy Rights Advocate. Uh, he's the National Polygamy Advocate of the TruthBear.org organization. He's been in, uh, you know, the Washington Times, Newsweek, USA Today. Uh, you know, and, and you, you've dropped enough names of of my resume that they that you've got my point is it really doesn't require any kind of really big big build up. I know we can do a tape project eventually. I know we can. Well
1: even you know, even if we um, tape doesn't necessarily mean um, you know, I know that it's the editing part makes right. you a little bit nervous, but you know, if, first of all we got, you know, the difference between Randy Kaye is the correspondent on this. She's not the host of the show. Right. You know, she's the one who really wants to do this interview and sit sure. down with you. So there's that kind of, you know, complication. And mm-hmm. also, frankly, taped interviews, are, we're able to do a lot more. We're able to talk to you a lot longer. Of course. And, um, of course. you know, and, and speaking to Randy, we absolutely would not, you know, misuse your statements or or, mm-hmm. or chop them up or anything. And you could 100% count, hold us accountable to that. But, you know, we just have um, so much more leeway with a taped interview. And frankly, yeah. the, the better it goes and the longer it goes, the more we're able to use. Oh, oh and, and mm-hmm.
0: believe me, I can keep you supplied in information. No question. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, you know, yeah, that's not a problem. And that, that's why we would love to, to take uh, the time with you. Right, right, right. This, this
1: is the first time we're presenting it on our show. And right. we don't want to just do, you know, what comes down to three and a half minutes.
0: Well, um, well let me ask you. Um, there, do you have access or contacts or associations within your organization from other news shows that would use us? Oh,
1: well absolutely, and that's, that's the other thing. When we do taped pieces, especially on um, Anderson Cooper's show, they air all day the next day on all the other networks. In fact, our show specifically is the generator for sort of setting the tone. Um, and, and what we do is re-aired multiple times throughout the day.
0: Well, I, well I, I, I'm glad to know that. That was, again, cart before the horse. Um, my thought was is that even if, in order to get to the more comprehensive we interview with you, if other shows were to be um, bringing me on for live situations. Oh, sure. Oh, you know, I, I, you know, not, the point is, is that we need to be able to trust CNN. And right now we don't. I'm not trying to be offensive to you. Please understand that. Oh, no. Understand, I, we're sitting here three weeks into this story and you haven't put us on yet.
1: Uh, And, you know, uh, to be completely honest with you, it's it's a lack of, um, you know, probably digging and knowing that you're out there on behalf of CNN up until this point.
0: We We've used your tips
1: line. I can, well... On the website. No, I I can tell you this, that um, that, uh, once you're on um, our show, there will... Absolutely, I mean, and, I, and I'll be happy to pass your information along to people, but I know that I won't have to for the other shows, and they'll absolutely be interested in having you on as well. And, and, and to, you know, to your point, and the reason that I um, contacted you in the first place, it's a huge aspect of the story that's not being told, and, right. and CNN knows that, and certainly I wouldn't, um, for the protection of our show, we would want to do our interview with you first, um, you know, so that it's, it's... It's
0: a pride thing, and I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> you're the one who broke it, I get it. Yeah, exactly. I get that, too. Yeah. I, I, I understand your business. So, <laughs> no, but I absolutely, I
1: mean, I, I, I um, <laughs> we, we could uh, put money on the fact that you will be much busier after, um, you know, you're on our show and mm. people sort of we're a ton of um, you know there are a lot of copycat acts in in, um, our business where people want to do you know what we do and they'll re-air the interview and and I guarantee you that you know we've got bookers on our show that are in set you know communication with the larger booking CNN system and would absolutely you know put your name out there and and encourage other shows to do live interviews with you Um, but you know just from our perspective we would want to obviously do this first and and you know the longer we're able to talk with you you know it's literally going to be more airtime if we're able to do a taped piece and then we can come back and say you know our taped interview come back and say we have all this great stuff not only do we want to you know put this, you know, however minute long, you know, five or six minute chunks on the air, we also want to put, you know, so much of what we weren't able to put on, on the website, and, you know, we just have so many more options when we're able to sit down and do an interview, and you're able to talk to Randy, she'll, you know, be able to understand your arguments, and and
0: things will be formulated so much more smoothly that way. Can we have it that it is, uh, Or set it conditional that we do something like this. That were we to do something like this, that there is a follow up at the basically a a tape piece. Is basically, you know, here is uh, you know, our reporter uh, Randy Kay, and she does her story, blah blah blah. You do the tape project, and then uh, when it's done. Uh, yo says, Well, we have Mark Eagle here with us today and a couple more questions are done live at that point.
1: Possibly. I mean, you know, we we, we do that sometimes, um, and I would, you know, I would pitch that. I can't promise because literally every day is so, you know, everything's formatted that day for what we're going to be doing. One thing that we could do is say, you know, after the piece, read Mark Henkel's blog on our website, you know, and then direct people to our our blog, and there would be your blog. Um, and, and people could read that, and you could put a link to your um, Website on, yeah. on your blog as well, um, and, and frankly, once we do um, this interview and it airs, I'm sure that you know our executive producers will say, "Let's have him back."
0: You know, we. Well, t- I, I'm sure that that again, all of this, I am aware of. I understand and I expect. I know that'll happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the. the I don't say polygamy rights is the next civil rights bad and lightly. I mean, this is a huge story for the next decade. <laughs> you know, you're going to want me. I know why I am in demand. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm now worried, I'm yeah, worried no, about that. And, uh, and,
1: that's why I just want to make sure we do it well and right the first time, you know, and are able to get, you know, in depth and and it's as much selling it to our own, you know, um, bosses and viewers, um, so that they sort of feel like they understand it and 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 you know we we want to do it justice and I you know I don't want to just have three minutes of you know, quick questions without being able to delve into the important points, and, and, you know, if you and Randy sit down together, we'll be able to make sure we cover those. You
0: can stress what you think is most important, and, and it's- well, yeah, but at the end of the day, until we establish trust, whatever I say or do doesn't, doesn't stop the possibility of, of uh, cut and pasted out of context or anything of that nature. I mean, I, I can have all this hope of pie in the sky in the future you know but but whatever you know you walk away from this taped interview no promise or no contractual obligation for a uh, live appearance and then you say whatever you want to do you cut and paste it whatever you want to do and, and, and there I am off in the wilderness you know it, it's um th- this is what it's asking me to do right you know and, and so i I'm, I'm not trying to be problematic i'm a, i'm expressing the hurdle that we have in front of us Sure. No, I yeah. don't, and don't, we, don't, we can overcome. I know we can. I'm confident. It's just a matter of how to get there.
1: We and and you know, I don't. We're
0: not going to be able to obviously, you know, sign
1: contracts or guarantee that you know we'll be able to do an on-air interview immediately after the piece. But um, I mean, you know, you would have um, as much as we don't know each other, or or you don't know Randy. We would absolutely want to be held accountable by you and you know, make sure that we weren't misconstruing your words, and, and,
0: um... Well, what do you define as an accountable, and how do I hold you accountable?
1: Well, I mean, you know,
0: obviously there's, that's something that we'll have to figure
1: out, Yeah. But we, we, um, you know, understand, and then to truly, as I said before, you're the, um, best advocate, as you know, as well, for this, so, you know, we're not coming to this really with any, um, We're not coming to it with any assumed knowledge of the topic, which is why it's so important to hear from you. And so, you know, everything that we've talked about today, I think, is going to be new and important information for people um, and for our viewers. And, you know, and they're not going to... they're not going to come to it with any um, knowledge either. But the most important thing being, you know, this is this is a different form of polygamy than you know, and okay. everything. You know, I, I, I really can't see um, you know misconstruing your arguments because it's all new information. Um, but but you know, we would guarantee you that we wouldn't do that, and and and. That's why, again, what
0: is the basis of that guarantee, right? Well, if you say
1: if if there's something you know that comes up in the course of the interview that you know you don't feel that you said right or you don't want us to use, you can say that, and um, you know we'll you know we just want to keep it as open um, and you know give ourselves as many options in terms of length and as as we can. Um, and the way that this all came about and, um, you know, Randy was the first one to pitch it and I came on board and we, you know, we don't want to sort of lose that, you know, give it away and, and, and just have it be a live interview when it's to us a lot, you know, a lot more and, and a lot more important, frankly.
0: Okay, so, and I, and I get this, I want to, when I say I get this, I mean, I get and I have no criticism of the departmental pride of wanting to be the breaker of a story and I get that, that's valuable I don't condemn you for that whatsoever mm-hmm. um, and, and I, you know, as a laissez-faire kind of person I value it <laughs> okay you know, it's a competitive thing and I get that um, and so I'm trying to conceive of how I can help you with your side of your hurdle, in that, that and, I, and I see that as a valid hurdle for you, uh, while at the same time, the issue that I have of that we don't have any example that we can point to of having been treated fairly yet. Um, you know, so it's a... Uh, I understand that,
1: man. you know, no, completely, and, and um, of course the position you all are in, I, you know, we, I completely understand
0: you are... By now you know I love women. By now you know I love women. And I, yeah. and I am about consenting adults. But, but you guys have basically told everybody, I'm a baby raper.
1: Well, to, you know, I, no, I, I, I 100% see the... Do you remember
0: sh- how sex that is? It's true, no,
1: absolutely. And, and, and that's the first thing, um... One of the first things we learned about Christian Polygamy and why it's so important, you know, the consulting adult aspect, the not force aspect, all of that, yeah. uh, is, is, is exactly what we're going to get across. And, you know, and I completely understand you're wanting to do other shows because, and we would absolutely promote our interview with Not,
0: j- not just that we want to do other shows, you know, it, it's that we want the truth told. You know, right.
1: in the you know, places you're, absolutely. You know, it,
0: it, it's it's as much as every single thing, By now, you've probably seen it in almost every news report. You know, uh, the mainstream Mormons have disavowed polygamy since 1890 and excommunicate them. So the FLDS are not Mormons, mm-hmm. right? That caveat is heard ad nauseum. Right right, right. right, Well, the, the the caveat that's not being told is that the National Polygamy Rights Movement for has also disavowed the, the the FLDS and underage marriage. That's a caveat that belongs there also. Mm -hmm. You know, that even... Uh, That's what's missing. And and maybe that, you know, there's a way for that to start showing up in your news reports. I'm trying to conceive of ways that you guys can help us have examples of trust. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we want to trust you, but not blindly.
1: Right. No, I absolutely understand. Well, you know, um, and, and frankly because this hasn't really been told yet um, you know we haven't necessarily gotten a chance to um, <laughs> you know, prove it to you in a sense because yeah. we haven't even broached the topic um, what I would say to you is you know I don't want to um, I think we can as you said work this out and, and um, I just want to l- let you think about it and We'll, I'll talk to Randy and see, you know, what we can do as well. Um, but just leave you with, the, you know, the fact that we're...
0: Um, well, yeah, you can work out... You know, one thing that I would, in, I would encourage you as you go back from this mm-hmm. is that aside from seeking ways that you can... Uh, get uh, live interviews or whatever in advance of this without you know, uh, minimizing your own competitive value that you're after, which I, I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but also getting the, uh, the commitment, the contracted commitment that uh, the segment allotted to this report will include a live follow-up so that I can, one, see the report and anything as the report is finished, I can then comment if something has been out of whack. Because right. if you, do you see the value for me that way? Because if, if it's been on and I've been allowed to see it. So in other words, you guys, you know, uh, bring your CNN uh, satellite up to, uh, you know, the Holiday the and Express on the highway or whatever in Sarco, and, and do that, that there's uh, some kind of a monitor and I can see what you guys have actually shown. Right. You know, so that I can actually see it, see the spot that you finally came up with. You know, and then I, I'm live and able to speak to it if I have to, mm-hmm. you know. So that 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 would certainly be a better capability. Another thing I'm going to want to make sure, you know, is that who else you're bringing up against me on this, you know, if I'm up, you know, if I'm buried in a bunch of bunch of anti-polygamous thing, we're all child abusers, you know, that's not going to fly well either. Oh right, of course. You know,
1: course. No, uh, no, absolutely. And this is much more. It's not that it's um, you know, this is more of an introduction. Um, of course, for people, then it is um, a challenging thing because you know what we've heard from so much. This is this is counter to the FLDS stuff, you right. know, and and, um, and we're attempting to counter all of that negative press, you know, and all the negative um, impressions and all of the um, assumptions of child abuse because even the FLDS former FLDS members I've spoken to say. You know, this isn't about polygamy. It's about child abuse. Even people who have left the church, and and I don't think that necessarily comes through. Right. So
0: that's why even, yeah, even Floyd Jessup said that because of all people. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and she's, and she's the one who is all polygamists are always evil all the time under every condition. Yeah. Now, have said that was quite amazing. I know. Right. I know.
1: Yeah, she's the first person who said it to me. Actually, it's funny you mentioned her.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I saw her say it on ABC also back yep. on the eighth. Yeah. 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 I mean, she's definitely seeing it multiple times. But uh, I was concerned that she was saying that to throw people off the trail of uh, her potential connection to the mysterious caller.
1: Right, yeah. right. I know. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, why don't we do this? Um, I will speak with Randy and my executive producers, and if, um, I would just encourage you to think about it more yeah. as well. And I completely understand, you know, you're wanting to make sure that you can trust us and mm-hmm. all of that. So why don't we... Um, Plan to talk later on today. Does that? Do you have a time that works
0: well for you? Uh, let's see. It's now you're, you're yes. East Coast, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because it's now twenty past one. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, you're about to have a meeting, aren't you? One thirty. Yeah. 1.30, mm-hmm. It's a three
1: o'clock meeting.
0: Right. One thirty. Well, one thirty-two-three. Um. What you're going to be discussing this at that meeting, and then we'd be talking after that. Is that the idea?
1: No, it's a completely separate meeting. But okay. I would be doing. I would, yeah, I would want some time. You know, this evening, if we could talk to so that after my meeting, I do have time to discuss this um, with my executives. That would be great.
0: Okay. Um. I could probably talk sometime between seven, seven thirty. I would say.
1: Okay. Do you want to give me a call? Or you want me to be? I
0: can give you a call. Okay. And uh, and the same business number. Exactly. Okay.
1: I'll be here. All right, Mark. Take care. We'll, we'll speak later on. Sounds great. Thanks so
2: much for calling. Thank you now. Bye. Yeah, bye.